We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Union of the Unknowns. Thank you for joining us. Today, we are going to be talk, talk, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about a formerly hot topic. We It was recently unbanned on Twitter this week, so who knows how much we can get away with here, but we're going to try. And we are going to be doing COVID Revisited, and there may be some new information that you have not heard yet. And then also, if you have any questions, we would love to hear from you after that. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and do the intros. You have myself, Ashley, here, and um, Ashley Think Change Repeat. With us also, we have Tunes. What's up, Tunes? Hey, Future Free State 603 represent New Hampshire. Hey. Uh, we have our favorite Brit, Terry from Canary. How are you, Terry? I'm well, thank you, Ashley. Thank you for asking. Yes, very good to see you. And then, of course, we have America's sweetheart, and according to Stella, the world's sweetheart, Justin. Howdy, ma'am. <laughs> Howdy, ma'am. <laughs> All right. So um, let's just go ahead and hop right into it. So maybe we can go over just, let's just maybe do like a summary of really what happened and then we'll take it from there. And uh, because there's a lot of threads on this subject, there's the suppression angle of the truth. There's the propaganda angle. There's the, um, you know, the medical angle, the sudden the died suddenly angle we've got a ton to cover with uh, or to go over this evening um i would also throw in that terry is probably the one who has studied this topic the most so i'm going to go ahead and hand it over to terry to sort of kick us off uh, I, i'll certainly kick us off yeah uh, um i was so angry about what was happening right at the start of covid that um i had this blog site reserved that i was going to write some stuff about conspiracies on and it, it sort of um lit a fire in my belly so i started writing some stuff on there and immediately i started looking at the data and the science and uh i realized a lot of things right off the bat that some of these things are sort of coming into the mainstream now uh and they're they're kind of trying to make out, well, we didn't really know. No, that's not good enough. We did know if you look bothered to look into the data and, and the science. So, uh, so the first thing that tipped you off, Terry, just to clarify, is that you knew that they were speaking about the dangerousness of the disease or the germ or whatever, and yeah. the deaths and all of that stuff. Immediately, you were like... No. Now, can you give us a time frame for yourself when you were thinking this? Because really, as far as the Western world, they really came down on us in, it was March at that time, but we had been hearing some rumblings as of January of what was happening in China. Yeah, March 2020. I mean, I remember Fiona, my wife and I were talking about, Fiona's a, a scientist, a, a biological scientist. She, she worked in biotechnology. She worked actually in vaccine development, test development, uh, I was a mathematician, so between us, we we felt we were well positioned and well qualified to work out what was going on. We talked about it earlier on, 
and we we kind of said in January, well, you know, we don't really know. There seems to be a lot of press about it. So we both looked into it and then we realized that all was not what it seemed. So I think by March, March was about when I started writing about it. And uh, I realized that it was probably a scam. Wow, you were uh, way ahead of the, the curve. The points I, I, I sort of made here that um, I was going to uh, make briefly was that, as you say, the disease was not as bad as it was being made out. There was an interesting uh, case on one of the cruise ships, the Diamond Princess. Uh, it was interesting because they had all these these old people, you, you know, the old people tend to go on cruises. They were quarantined on this ship. So they had an opportunity for the disease to spread around. Uh, and viral diseases uh, in, uh, typically start off more dangerous than, than that when time goes on. As time goes on, they get more um, mild, you know, because of if we believe in viral diseases, and I'm not sure we do, but uh, that's what seems to happen. You know, if you believe in viral evolution, they, they, they evolve to become more mild because they don't really want to kill the host. Uh, and yet, on the early days, this this cruise ship with all these old people, the death rate was very low, comparison to the to a, a bad flu. Um, so right away, I thought, well, you know, this disease doesn't really look as bad as they're making out. And then we had the crazy thing with masks. You might remember that Fauci very early on said, you know, there's no reason for for Americans to be wearing masks at the moment. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Can you remember so at that time, though, um, they were telling you that it could live on surfaces for 14 days and wipe down your groceries? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff live on, like that. It can live on stainless steel for 14 days. And there's yeah. been some... That was rubbish, that science, actually. No shit it was. There's <laughs> yeah. been some great um, clips put together of just Fauci, you know, literally, like... The... The amount of times Fauci has contradicted himself is, uh, it's astounding, to say the least. He's, he's really, it's flip-flop Fauci, isn't he? Yeah. yeah and so, I, um, he's taken every position that, that has ever been a position. If there's a position, he's taken it at one time and point. Yeah, because he can say, oh, well, I said that, you know, but it doesn't matter that he said complete opposite at some other time. So yeah, he, he's a real clever, he's quite a clever political operator, if, if you, you know, to give him some kind science. of credit, you know, people, people, the normies kind of think, well, he's got his position because he's the best doctor in America. No, it's a political appointment and they don't realize it's a political appointment. And he got to where he is, where he is today by just saying the right things to the right people at the right time. That's all he does. He doesn't know anything really about science or medicine. He's never treated a patient in his life. He knows nothing about frontline care for COVID patients, for example. So to hear him giving advice to, you know, doctors like people like McCulloch, who, you know, who, who's, and, you know, uh, guys like, uh, um, Zed, Zed, um, what's Zach his name, Ashley? Zelenko, Dr. Wow. Zelenko. Zelenko, thank yep. you. Dr. Um, Dr. Zelenko saved all those people in New York State. You know, it, it just uh, annoys the hell out of me. Uh, so anyway, to, to go through the rest of my points briefly, uh, it was clear that masks don't work. The best science uh, shows that they don't do anything for viral diseases. And that, that research dates right back to the Spanish flu in the 90, early 1900s, you know, they, they tried using masks then, they didn't work. 
uh, and they've they've done studies on um, doctors and nurses who are you know working with um, infectious respiratory diseases, and they just don't do anything. Um, Anybody reasonable? Social distancing. Sorry, carry on. I just I want to hop in real quick about the masks because I I was wearing my uh, my sweetheart's uh, <laughs> uh, under underwear at the time. Anybody reasonable at the time understands that a piece of paper over your over your mouth doesn't protect you from I mean germs if if you if you want to take that as uh how you get sick um I I work spray foam insulation and I wear a full face respirator and my respirator is way better than any bandana that's put over my face so the idea that I'm not safe unless I put a bandana over my face is fucking absurd and uh a lot of people from the rip understood that everything that Fauci CDC uh Trump, I mean, at the time, all these authority figures were telling you, that's absurd. Like, no, I'm not wearing, if you want me to wear something, I'll wear my wife's underwear on my fucking nose. Because this is absurd. At least I get a good smell out of it. And then the other thing (laughs) that I want to add in is not only do they not work, but they actually are implicated in cases of viral pneumonia. So that's one harm that they can have because people are constantly touching them, moving them. They're reusing the same dirty mask repeatedly, whether it's like a medical mask or an N95 or um, you know, the cloth mask or whatever. That alone wasn't good. Never mind. Um the damage that it did to children in because children pay such close attention to your face. So anybody out there that is saying like, oh, the kids weren't harmed by this, talk to a school teacher and ask them how their kids did after they came back. Now, I'm not saying it was just just about masking or anything like that. We know that it, there's so much more, but the masks were dangerous. And then the people that claim to care about pollution, they were everywhere. And of course, they were saying nothing about that. And it, um, you know, to people like us, it's just to see their hypocrisy and their denial of very obvious evidence right in their faces. It's really frustrating. It's really. I, I just really want to highlight the uh, significance it is for um, young kids to not see their mom's face because they're wearing a mask because they're scared of germs. Now, uh, at the time, our nephew was uh, five, six ish. And he was exposed. So he had to stay at the house for a week and he was scared to take off his mask for a week because he was going to kill his mama. Mm. Uh, And he was literally scared of the air. Um, And, and thank, thank, thank God that within an hour we were like, Hey, take that off. You don't need it. Hey, the air is not scary. It's okay. Hey, take the air, take the mask off. It's okay. Uh, But like, how are you going to tell a five-year-old to be scared of the air for two years and, and expect him to be normal, uh, expect him to be a, a upstanding so- member of society when you're literally scared of the air if you show your face? Like, how, how is any of this okay? Absolutely. There's, you know, the psychological damage they did on kids. It's absurd. Horrific. It's absurd. Yeah, Yeah. and the crazy thing is uh, talking about the cruise ship being a Petri dish. Well, this generation of school children is also its own kind of Petri dish because you're going to be having these young kids. So you'll see what masking did to them as far as verbal, as far as social, as far as um, fear response, things like that, like the, the trust that they have in pharma, that kind of thing. But then you also have this other generation of students like the high school students 
who were very traumatized during that time as well. You know, there were seniors that had to do their entire senior year. Like, keep in mind, these are normal, um, as normal as like Americans are today, whatever, but normal high school children having a regular high school experience. Now, I'm critical of public schools. This is not about that, but I'm just saying like, you know, you go into your senior year, you're going to have prom, you're going to have varsity football games, you're going to have like dances and you're going to have whatever and graduation and graduation pictures and senior week and all these things. And these kids didn't have that. So that's like a whole spectrum of kids that are going to be that were punished, traumatized and missing a great deal of an important part of their formative years on a a huge age scale you know not only not only you can't go but if you go you will kill kill grandma if you go normal you will kill somebody that's nobody ever did a cost benefit analysis on particularly on school children you know because the latest data from john ianides is one of the leading epidemiologists in the world shows that the the death rate if after you catch COVID, so you've got to catch COVID in the first place, is like 0.001%. It's something ridiculously small. It's hardly measurable. So what's know, the percentage about crossing the street? Like it's got to be about the same. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you, they're more at risk driving them to the school probably than they are from COVID. So let's let's just forget about trying to do anything with kids, you know, just let them get on with their lives. Yeah. You know, the, the damage that's been done to this generation has just been horrific for nothing. Yeah, it's really upsetting. It is. It is really. Um, and just to think about, like, even just me as a regular person, way older than a child, obviously. And I it was such a dark time. It was it was experiencing the zombie apocalypse. That's what it it that's what it was yeah it was horrific well you know what's funny is that i've i've i took a few minutes to compile a short list and this is what amazes me why it was so many people got okie doped uh 2009 swine flu 2012 mers 2013 ebola 2015 zika virus 2017 bird flu 2018 a 21st century polio scare they literally tried to pull polio scare on us in the 21st century uh in 2019 they start oh my god measles are coming back it's all those anti-vaxxers we're all gonna have measles uh 2020 smallpox oh my god these anti-vaxxers now we're all gonna get smallpox and then most recently 2022 monkeypox so it's it's one of those things it's like just I've been told on Facebook that I am a racist, so I'm gonna stick with monkey pox. <laughs> All right, okay. Is HR good with that? HR HR is actually against calling it anything else. Did the lawyers check? in my ear telling me that we might be in trouble for calling it monkeypox. So. I, I checked with our HR manager before the show. We're all good. Okay. <laughs> but it's just like, it's it's funny because the COVID ones, I just was at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So out of these 10 things, COVID was the only one that stuck. And it's just fascinating. 
have a theory on that, Justin. And we've talked about that one before. My theory of why that one stuck. So I know for sure that people did get concerned in um, in the swine flu because I was working in manufacturing at that time and they specifically hired somebody. Um, I guess I won't say his name. I don't know. But anyway, he walked around and he was wiping down the services. That's what he did. And so, and that was during the, the swine flu scare, which was under President Obama's reign. And people did get a little bit concerned about that. Then this time, my theory about why it ended up really hitting home was when they started closing down sports and things like that, like uh, New York City's um, I don't know if they closed it down the St. Patrick's Parade, but things like that, that were in question. And then definitely the day that they shut down the NBA, that was game over here in the States. Yeah, but also, though, if they would have tried to have done that for the bird flu, everyone would have been like, fuck you, asshole. I don't, maybe, I don't know. I hope, I hope they would. Why did did this one stick? I I, I find that very interesting, actually. I'm not quite sure why this one. I do remember, I feel like it all started with those videos coming out of China of people just walking down the street, oh, la-di-da-di-doo, and then they just fall over. Yeah, and 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 those were bullshit, right? And the reason I know they were bullshit is because we've seen ones recently of, like, sportsmen getting poleaxed from the vaccine, and they just fall down yeah. like a log. Now it's the actually Chinese happening. Ones are putting their hands out to to break their fall. You don't right. do that if you fall unconscious. Yeah. So, I really think that that was part of it. But then also the fact of like, oh well, the NBA thinks it's this dangerous. Oh, the NHL. So these these organizations, I think they were bought out. And I don't know if it was from like you know, CDC money, or if it was World Economic Forum money, or Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, or whatever, but I think that they were incentivized to go along with that, and I really think that that is what made people really, really scared, because if they had had, oh, go ahead, sorry. You have to give them credit, it was a very good, well-organized operation. Yeah, because I think- Let me fold this one out real quick. Um, Everybody knows the NPC meme. Are there actually NPCs out there? <laughs> like, I know it. Yeah, I know everybody on this. I, I I hope to know that everybody on this chat stream is an actual person. You know, I've interacted with you guys well, a lot. I could very easily be convinced in about two seconds that we're living in a matrix style simulation. <laughs> I think you're all in my simulation. I I've got a I've got well, a way out thing to say for, about that. And that a lot of people who've been vaxxed say that they they sort of they can't think properly they lose the voice in their head um they can't hear themselves talk to themselves no no, i've heard people say that yeah that they lost their internal dialogue they've been turned in yeah exactly maybe they've been turned into npcs justin and i were talking before we started recording about how the standard of driving seems to have gone down since the vaccine program, I just don't think people are, are sort of operating correctly in their minds. So um, um, NPC for our listeners, in case people don't understand, is this non-player character. It's a thing from gaming. Uh, it's a sort of a character that's not fully realized and they just have certain fixed responses. Yeah, so I... Um... To, to, to talk about the um, the internal dialogue, 
I saw some percent recently. It seemed pretty high. I don't even really recall what it was, but some high percent of people do not have an internal dialogue in their head, which I can't imagine because I'm over the top, like big time overthinker. It's exhausting. It's really bad. Um, but I'll take that over nothing any day. And Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I'm pretty sure that's one of the signs of like a psychopath. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I have no idea. Maybe that, you know, have crazy, one or not have crazy one. Would be maybe that's one of the one. ideas of the vaccines to try and get, you know, people in that it's, state of mind. Like, I feel like, like a conscious is just, you know, like the, the, the devil on one shoulder, the angel on the other, right. you know, I agree. Exactly. And it's just what, like, <laughs> if you don't have any of like either one, then you're just going to go around bumbling around like a, like, and wear a mask in your car by yourself in the year 2022. Mm-hmm. And pray for the Ukraine. Okay. Yeah, and what is that all about? Hey? So wearing I... a mask in a car on your own. You know, a Ukraine mask, flag mask, probably. I will (laughs) say that you can't actually logically work it out to where if you are intelligent and believe that the masks work, but you've just been okey-doke, you would actually want to leave it on so that you aren't constantly touching it and fidgeting with it. Because that's one of the, like, you don't want to put germs and shit on your mask that you're going to be breathing through but while that is a line of theory that i could make sense of i am 125 percent positive that's not why they're doing it <laughs> right. uh, do, do you know i, I want to share a story that um from one of fiona's friends uh, who's still in scotland uh and when the when the, this covid thing first broke out she said to us oh it's really great you've got a like a guest apartment next door because you, you and you and Terry can um, sleep in in separate places and don't have any contact with each other. And we just sort of thought, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> our British friends are really far, far gone. They're just, you know, complete, complete hypnotized zombies. It's 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 crazy. It has to be really hard because I'm guessing that you and Fiona kept like pretty intelligent people as your friends that were, um, you know, pretty smart people in everyday life or that you could have good conversations with about things um, before all of this. And then to see people that you consider smart, just like, like you said, I mean, the hypnosis, just like that. And that's it. Some of the smarter ones, or, or I should say the more educated ones, were the worst, actually. And uh, I've seen some stats on that, that the ones, the more Covidian people tend to be the sort of, um, the, the ones who are not very educated are, yeah, are, are it's, very it's non-Covidian. Fast... And the ones that are like PhD level are often non-Covidian as well. But Yeah, and it's fascinating because like you have like on the, like two two ranges on like the beginning and the end of the chart of the education level it starts with like high school dropouts and ends with like medical doctors and lawyers and on the the two ends it's like nothing but as you go towards the middle it really is just mountains up and craters yes the education system is is a real indoctrination program you know and it gets people hypnotized and yeah able to be coerced it's the npc pipeline probably intentionally and and before we move on, I, and maybe we can hit this topic um, 
also at some point, but I want to make sure that we revisit. So you have seen Terry that people are saying, I, I have never heard this. So I'm tripping on that, that people had an internal dialogue. They got yeah. the shot and they lost their internal dialogue. That's what I've heard from, you know, from several. So others, how, yeah. how the fuck do you think? How do you, how do you, I work with a Spanish dude and he, he, Spanish was his first language. And one of my questions was, so when you think, like, do you think in Spanish? Like, do you think like, hey, we're going to walk over here? Or do you think, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but like. I never knew you spoke Spanish fluently. <laughs> Terry uh, fluently. speaks Spanish. Terry could say that for us. But, but I asked him that and he was like, he's, oh, no. Uh, he's he, correct Spanish, actually. He, I he thought said, so. He said it depends on the context. You know, when I'm working with you, I, I think mostly in English. When I'm working with the Spanish guy, I, speak, I think mostly in Spanish. And, th and that made perfect sense to me. But I was very, you know, I was genuinely like thinking about like, oh, how do you how do you think? Like, like, what language do you think in? You know, so I, I, I assumed that everybody had, thinks in language, more or less. I thought that's what separated us from the apes. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. It's a really interesting question. I don't really think I do think in language. I'm not sure. I thought I think because you, I think your thoughts go a bit faster than, than yeah, what you I agree. Speak, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, well, I definitely think in English. Same, it's, it's very yeah. poor and broken English, but it's still English. <laughs> no, but t t Terry's let me let me real quick. Terry's got more of a math mind, so you might have your own internal uh language behind the eyes I, I i think i'm a little slower than ut and uh i i Definitely. i'm more i'm more um language based 100 percent. i don't know you, i don't know you if that makes sense. smart i would say um i don't know i, I i'm actually um uh, my wife and i are very different fiona is very different she she i think she has a constant internal dialogue because she's thinking about stuff all the time and she finds it very hard to switch off because of that i can sort of um sort of sit around and not really think of anything very much oh i can't do that i'm more like fiona <laughs> yeah um so it's it's kind of interesting and, and and sometimes when i'm thinking of things i don't really think i'm thinking like it's a bit difficult to try and catch yourself doing it because if you start thinking about it, then you're changing what's happening inside your head. <laughs> but um, I think a lot of the times I'm thinking without language because I, I think in general people's thoughts go faster than than the way they speak. So the last like thing thinking, can... oh, I, I, you know, there's a cat and the cat's going over there, and you know, to grit. The, la the last thing I will add on to this too is uh, I used to be in a band a long time ago, and. Uh, our drummer and our guitarist used to speak in not language. They used to speak in music and I would be blown away because I didn't understand the language. Uh, I, I made noises with, with a microphone and they, they would stop and they would talk, but they, they weren't speaking English. They weren't speaking Spanish, whatever. They were speaking music. It's a different wavelength. There's, there's, there's more than one language. Language isn't even the word for it. Um, this is a wicked tangent. We'll hop back. No, you're right. It is a tangent. That's a that's a very, very good uh, very good point. Now to get back to it, I do have a, a question that has come in for Terry. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So Terry, 
with you being a little bit more, um, as far as your spiritual belief, a little more agnostic, um, with mathematical and scientific type mind, um, what had you not believing the fake science? Like, what do you think was the difference for yourself versus your peers that you also would consider, you know, uh, intelligent people? Uh, that's an interesting question. I think, um, because, uh, Fiona and I understood science pretty well, that put us in a, in an advantageous position to some of our friends because they were just listening to people like Fauci and, and really his advice is very anti-scientific. He's just saying, you yeah, know, listen to me, I, I'm going to tell you what to do. Uh, if you actually take the take the, the the trouble to look into the real science and the real data you will find that what they're telling you is is doesn't square up with with reality so uh it's kind of like um we had a uh edition of our podcast a while back about how we got red pilled and a lot of people here were saying that they've kind of been a bit skeptical of their life and and Fiona and I are both a bit like that really we we sort of challenge things that are told to us and, and like to think things out for ourselves. Uh, and this was a case in point. And, and because I, I'd sort of looked into other things like 9-11 and, and climate change and find out that what we were being told was not really true there as well, that made me a bit more perhaps open to sort of thinking, well, perhaps this might be a scam as well. The, the spiritual thing is is very interesting because I I, I don't you know I, I, when I was younger I would think of myself as an atheist but I'm I'm definitely not now I think I believe in in God and and the higher powers and things like that and and that maybe does change your perspective a bit because uh, the 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 guys the people that are the powers that shouldn't be seem to be very materialistic in their viewpoint. Point and they're, they're trying to sort of get things in this world and and uh they kind of think we're we're like robots we're like biological robots in a in a universe that doesn't really mean anything and that and that kind of changes their viewpoint and makes them i think a bit, bit more open to doing evil things right what i was trying to touch on earlier is um maybe the majority are actually robots like i know we're all here and we're all cognizant but i think we all have a bias because we're all around the people that we're around it's a there's a lot there's a lot more that don't have any thought there's a lot more that don't have that internal dialogue there's a lot more that just float around and i i do what i do because that's what my neighbor does and that's what beautiful brave government told me to isn't it yeah i mean i suppose life i always think that life here is is not particularly easy you know that that you, you if you try to sort of have higher spiritual thoughts you know we've all got to have a mortgage and have a job and you know we've got day-to-day -day responsibilities and it's okay if you're a, like a buddhist monk and you're cloistered away and and given food every day and you can have all these lovely higher thoughts about what the world's all about that's not really open to us in the West because we've got to get on with our lives, you know? So it's, um, I suppose that's what they're doing. They're just going through the sort of day-to-day -day robotic process of getting through the day and not really thinking about things too much. Yeah. That, that was an old Tim, Tim Allen joke from the nineties with some long lines of like, 
uh, women complain that they don't have any choices, but they have like, like you can be a mom, you know, you can work, you, you know, yada, yada, yada. Men have two choices, work or jail. <laughs> it is true. And honestly, that would be a good tie-in subject to revisit our toxic masculinity because um, hashtag the war on men is real. And the war on men is the war on us all and it's there's a war on women too ever since the 70s uh at least the sexual revolution and you could even go back farther than that into the 40s yep that's why i think it's trickle down right go after the men first then you poison the mind of everyone else in the family to to believe that the patriarch is not your um you you know like the head of the family and like all that kind of stuff anyway that's a that is a major tangent so i want to bring us back to post-covid so we have terry kind of going over like when they started questioning what happened our timeline there so let's go over some things that have um you know maybe the most egregious things about this all also some current events that are are happening right now i want to make sure that we touch on that we have died suddenly which is the documentary but it's also a hashtag and obviously we're going to have our theories for what we think is happening and there's some other people in the field um or in the medical field um i can never remember the doctor's name terry that comes up with all the stats for the uk um and then Mm -hmm. Uh, One quick thing that I also wanted to talk about is I had uh, just maybe some new news on the shots because um, Dr. McCullough was recently saying that they're now starting to find mRNA in unvaccinated people because of contact through either breathing like they're aerosolizing it and also skin to skin contact. But um, if we want to maybe touch base on like the most egregious things or the things that really got you the most, um, and then we'll kind of take it from there. So can I jump in first with the most egregious thing, in my humble opinion, these dickheads asking for amnesty. That's the most egregious thing. <laughs> it is very annoying, yeah. <laughs> here, here. Fuck you. Let's go, yeah. Terry. Oh, yeah. Yep. Come, uh, come and uh, take well, it. Um, I'll go through a bit more of my list that I made before the before the podcast oh, here. That um, uh, the social distancing idea came from a, a teenage girl's school science project. She thought that would be quite a good idea if it, it would reduce sort of the spread of disease. Nobody ever did any testing on it or studies on it, uh, but it, yeah, it was kind of implemented all around the world for, I... for no real apparent reason. <laughs> That was the first, I know you can't see it, but that was the first note I had written down on my notepad. Um, and the AIER actually, it's a, an article, the 2006 um, origins of the lockdowns. Oh, really? Okay, that's quite interesting. Um, uh, and then lockdowns themselves, uh, obviously that term comes from, is a prison term for, for what you do during prison riots. So that was part of the sort of psychological operation they did on us. But um, never before have uh, they tried to lock down healthy people in their homes to try and prevent the spread of disease. This whole thing about, um, you know, non-symptomatic carriers was a light mm. of rubbish. Oh, yeah. Based on the fact that the test was, a, which was my next, next point, the test was a complete load of crap. 
more or less 95 plus percent false positives. That was coming from a study in Canada that showed they tried to cultivate live virus, whatever that is, from uh, positive tests. And in 95% of the cases, they couldn't do that. So what does it mean? It just means they had maybe one sort of dead virus particle in them. And because PCR multiplies things up over and over and over, you can get a positive out of it. Kerry Mullis, the guy who invented PCR, um, said very famously, um, unfortunately he died just before COVID. We could have done with him during the COVID times, but he said that you should never use this test for um, diagnostic purposes. And that's exactly what they did during COVID. And so they knew. Obviously, lots of false positives. Uh, and my last point was that, you know, uh, they had uh, deadly treatments, killing lots of people, bringing up the death rates in places like New York and London and Northern Italy, uh, putting people on ventilators where 85% plus of the people never come off them because they get killed by them. Because basically you're putting them in into a coma. Um, you know, people think it's just like a nice way of getting oxygen in the system. No, you have to you have to tranquilize them into a coma. Um, so they can't, you know, well, they can more or less most people don't come back out of it. And of course they covered up the, the good treatments that work like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Can I devil's advocate on ventilators real quick? How else yeah. are you supposed to get an Emmy? An M-E. Emmy, like the uh, Cuomo got an Emmy. Oh, the award. Or, Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Dr. Campbell, quite right. That's the name of the British uh, the guy we were trying to think of earlier on. He's, um, he's very measured in his responses on YouTube because he's trying to keep his YouTube account open. Oh, and who was it that sued uh Bar was it Berenson that had to sue Twitter to get reinstated mm -hmm. yes, there are a lot of court cases going on with Google and um uh Facebook at the moment I think with some doctors who are trying to they're they're, they're attacking it on the basis that there was a lot of collaboration with the government which goes against the first amendment would that yes be? sir 1A. I would um, like to throw out that uh, from the beginning, there were sensible people uh, suggesting everything that you have said, Terry. Uh, the Great Barrington Declaration yep. came out very early. I'm not sure the, the date of it, but I, I've driven through that town multiple times. I worked in Western Mass a shitload. And uh, that that was the sensible take if you if you believe in government and you want government to do the best for the people that was the take at the time and they got thrown off twitter they got thrown off every 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 platform available um i think one of the scientists ended up on rogan and i mean it could have been a year ago but that's a year too late you know yeah And, so, and let's say the, the, the three scientists behind that were three of the leading scientists in their fields around the world. There were two from America, one from Britain. And they were, you know, before COVID, they were regarded as sort of leading experts. And then suddenly they became persona non grata because they said something that went against the 
the narrative. And and there've been subsequently been leaked emails from from Fauci and, and his mates saying we've got to do something about the Great Barrington Declaration. It seems to be getting some traction, and we've got to squash it. Shut it down. Exactly. Well, you trust trust the science. I am the science. You know who does a great Fauci? Ashley. Uh, no, my Fauci is not good. Brad Binkley has the pretty good Fauci. Terry's is pretty good. Brad's is pretty good. I do not have a good Fauci. I have mine is Brian Stelter. <laughs> the only good Fauci is a dead Fauci. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy, you know, and he's been killing people and torturing animals for his entire career. So he, you know, he was implicated in the um, HIV AZT. Exactly. In the AIDS epidemic. He's killed a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a whole other episode. He killed all those kids in the HIV tests in the, the, was it the orphan school in New York or something? I believe so. I haven't really done a, a, much digging into that one, but I definitely think that I had heard about that. Um, one of the things that was really the worst for me, that was the most sickening. I mean, there's just so many things, but making people suffer alone, like humans need love and affection and care and touch. Um, regular people need that. So especially people like the sick and the elderly that they locked away in these homes without their family or that had to see them through windows or people that had to die alone in the hospital and their family was there via a Zoom call or something like that. I mean, that's that's really upsetting to me. Um, And And it was... You're, you're an absolute criminal. And that was one of the reasons that I became so angry with the medical medical community. Now, this was really even before I understood how deadly remdesivir was. And also even before the vaccine um, came out. So I was so angry at these people because I was like, by staying in this profession, you are abiding it. Even if you're not the one who's doing it directly, you are abiding what is happening. You can see what is happening and you're fine with this person dying alone i i have a problem with that yeah yeah sorry justin go ahead oh um no i for oh oh we all we all saw all all the pictures on facebook and twitter of people Mm -hmm. proudly hugging their grandparents like they'll set up a like 10 foot plexiglass shield and cut holes in it and glue rubber gloves to it and it's like through no. plastic sheeting, is, yeah. yeah it's like the yeah. fuck is wrong with you sick. Um, and some people didn't even get that as bad as that is as, <sighs> as disconnected as that is they did not even have that they died in a hospital alone it's it's terrible and john john looney the the british funeral director guy who you might have seen he talks about how a lot of these old people in um, UK residential homes were killed off with um, big doses of uh, tranquilizers. Yes, yeah, that's a biggie. Because he's and got a graph of how the, the prescriptions for this tranquilizer went up just at the time of COVID. Wow, that's a very, very good point. So, um, and I, I know that we have felt like the data was manipulated as far as the, the excess deaths or dying from versus dying with and all that stuff. And then um, this also ties into the people losing their mind over, quote, you're going to kill grandma. And yet now, why don't we discuss 
the excess deaths that are happening at this time and nobody cares. Yeah. Well, I guess you uh, amongst working age people in, in most of the Western countries. Say that again, Terry. It's up about 40%, according to a lot of insurance companies in most of the Western countries, um, uh, you know, in working age people. We're not talking about old people or the ones who are, you know, uh, more uh, prone to deaths from COVID. We're talking about, you know, people in the prime of life, basically. Yeah. So it's our grandma, that. it's mom. That's yeah. it. It's in that up to like 40 something, the 40, it seems like around the 45 is like the sweet spot of that, that bracket that they'll put you in with your age, like 25 to 44 or something like that. That is one that has really popped out to me as being, um, it's really crazy. It's really, really crazy. And the, of course, the other thing is the fact that it's there. You're seeing it everywhere, seeing died suddenly everywhere and people still okay to acknowledge i i i'm sorry i have to interrupt because i cannot sit here and listen to your putin talking points <laughs> anymore um is that all putin's fault it's definitely it's putin mm-hmm. clearly it's Should like mind. you can't say that these people are just just dying from the vaccine it's it's sudden adult death syndrome and it's c- from climate change Yes. No, Come on, what the it's fuck from is... the referee's whistle during sporting events. <laughs> I saw that. that. Yeah, let's talk about that one. How or many footballers? The clock's changing, apparently. The clock's changing can also cause people to die suddenly. Not for nothing. That might be a thing. I actually, that is a stat that I had heard before, that the time change causes uh, cardiac arrest because people are yeah. losing sleep. <laughs> because you're an hour, hour behind or an hour ahead of everything. You're just fucking way. Your body clock can't handle just boop, 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 up. We're out in our head. I do get depressed when it gets dark out at five at five o'clock at night. Hundred percent. I agree. Clocks is a crazy idea. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, like please stop. <laughs> yeah. In Britain, we all think it's the Scottish people's thought fault because they don't like getting up in the dark. Hmm. <laughs> now, see, I didn't know that about the Scots. Yeah, Real men wake up in the, the dark. Scots, uh, Britain, Britain wouldn't change their time. <laughs> to be fair, who does like getting up in the dark? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I wake up at 3.30 every morning. We so fucking tune, grind. Tune we fucking grind. <laughs> okay, so let out your chickens. That's it. I wake up the chickens. <laughs> so let's talk about... At the excess deaths. Let's talk about died suddenly. Um, from the the documentary perspective, like some of the stuff that they um discuss in the documentary, and then maybe also just where you know what what happens from here. Do people just continue to get boosted into oblivion, oblivion, um, or what? But has yeah. has everyone seen died suddenly? I have died. Yeah, I've seen it. But I'm sure I'll have some valuable input to interrupt with. Tunes, did you watch? uh, It's got a lot of good stuff. Uh, I think there's been some criticism about it in that he's been a bit sloppy in including, for example, he includes someone falling off, falling over on a basketball court, and apparently that came from pre-COVID times. So he's included a few errors. However, the stuff that he's got from uh the um 
autopsies and the, the pathologists is very uh, convincing, I think. Well, they, they're finding really weird plots that they've never seen before. Well, yeah, I was going to say, uh, hold on, sorry, one sec, Justin, I was just no, going to say, will you describe what you're talking about a little bit more, Terry, as far as what, who found it, kind of what, how that information came about, um, and the person who created that documentary is Stu Peters, who has the Red Voice Network, which I, I know myself, I'm, you know, I try to like take that stuff with a grain of salt, because I think there's been a lot of really good information there, but I do want to acknowledge if something is not right in that documentary that, you know, that that's fine. Like I'm not taking it as gospel, but I'm taking it as these are valid concerns. And, and even if something is wrong, this documentary, it should not mean that we throw the baby out with the bathwater. What we need to do is find out what is happening. Yeah. I, I watch this stuff, this stuff quite regularly, and he uses um, he, he has interviews with people like John Looney, the British um, uh, funeral director, and and some equivalent people from America. And I, I know uh, what they've been talking about se from separate sources, so I, I give a lot of credence to to their stuff, and uh, includes some rather grisly footage of actual autopsies where they're pulling out huge um like feet long white clots from people's veins and arteries which has obviously killed these fairly young people uh and there's been a lot of reports associating this with the the vaccine because it's not been seen before the, the vaccine right so what we had when i first saw this it was dr ruby um, or Dr. Jane Ruby, which I don't even, I don't think she's a medical doctor and I'm no fan of, no, she's a doctor doctor of Dr. Jane Ruby, but we can get into that another time. It has nothing to do with what she talks about on the show. Um, and she has some good information. So that was the first time that I had seen about this, that basically she had an embalmer that came onto her show and this was the conversation. So this embalmer said that they were finding these huge quote, fibrous clots. They said they are absolutely not a blood clot. A blood clot would dissolve if you tried to rub it and wash it and uh, all of that stuff. Uh, sorry. Well, Justin. They're, not, they're not red either, actually. They're white. So they, exactly. they don't look like blood clots. Right. And they're saying they have almost a calamari type consistency, mm -hmm. gross. Um, and then they were saying that the embalming fluid was not processing through the body as it normally would. So this was a red flag. They started finding these clots sometimes up to the three foot long mark. And I believe that there had been some evaluations done of that. Terry, do you know uh, what they were coming back with? Because I believe that Stu and some of those folks and even the health ranger had sent some of those off to try to have them tested. Um, yeah, they, they, um, the health ranger did some tests on it and uh, uh, Mike Adams. Uh, and he, he, find, he, he found that it wasn't the same uh, chemical composition as, as like blood clots. He was finding much higher levels of, of certain metals like, uh, I'm not sure I can remember, zinc and copper and things like that would aluminum so, be uh, one of them sorry aluminum possibly yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Been, yeah. aluminium i forgot to translate so uh 
yeah, they they didn't have the same com chemical composition as blood clots, so they seem to be something different. Uh, and um, this guy, John Looney, the Brit, the Brit embalmer, was saying the same thing you were saying. His his staff weren't able to get embalming fluid into these bodies, and they weren't sure why. And, and it was because they could extract these huge white clots, which weren't blood clots, which seemed to be something else. So you you know what it sounds like to me? Parasites. They like. Like that's yeah. literally something you would see on that um, show. Um, oh, what was that show? It, it was some show on like TLC or something where like these people get these horrible parasites, but that's mm -hmm. neither here nor there. But it sounds like a parasite. And if it were a parasite, then maybe an antiparasitic would be effective yeah. in treating it. And nobody knows what's actually in these vaccines because the ingredients are secret they're not not been released don't my, worry i will find out um uh, my Maybe. understanding is that if that those uh the inserts that are coming with them are still blank is that still though? blank yes you can see videos of that of, of pharmacists opening these things up and saying this page left intentionally black it's a huge white sheet uh i don't know a few feet across with nothing on it whatsoever I mean, hey, it's safe and effective. That's weird. <laughs> Our... Sorry, what was that too? I said it's safe and effective. Our... Yeah, you should say that on it. Safe and effective. The rest uh, left blank. I'm actually <laughs> sure it's in there somewhere. Uh, is, so is Pfizer still releasing their like 9 million pages of documentaries every week or month or whatever it was? I thought it was over no, 75 dude. years. Yeah. Um, if you go to uh, icandecide.org, which is um, Del Big Tree's high wire site, they're publishing all the stuff that they get every month. Yeah, and yeah. Do, you, do you know off the top of your head what their timeline is for them to actually have to release it all? Because I know that they wanted like 75 years, like Toon said, but I feel like they, <laughs> they lost that court case. Didn't they? Years. Yeah, um, I think it's. Uh, uh, it's an awful lot faster now. It must be like a year or two. I'm, I'm not quite sure. But it, the, the court speeded it up significantly. Can I and say, though? Sorry, Ashley. Oh, go ahead. Uh, the, the issue here is like anybody that's actually going to look into this doesn't give a fuck about the vaccine. And anybody that actually took the vaccine doesn't give a shit about what the fuck they released. Yeah, I know. That was one of the things that was one of the things I want to say wanted to say about the died suddenly. Um, is that unfortunately all it takes is one air like the basketball player for people to just write it right. off completely that's yeah, all it that, takes that's the problem that's the that's the shame about it really that because he was a bit sloppy about some of his sources fact checkers are going to pick up up on on the errors and going to say well this is obviously wrong because of this you know I think you need to be quite careful when you're doing something like that to make sure everything's right. Exactly. It's, it kind of goes back to setting precedents with like court cases and stuff. Because as soon as, you know, your first, you know, let's say like an, uh, a non-mainstream conspiracy theory gets picked up by some sort of national news or something, if it's not like dot all the T or dot all the I's and cross all the T's, then now that's the first thing everyone's going to see, and, uh, you know, you can point out one flaw in it, 
then okay well now this is all just a bunch of conspiracy theories and now they can actually take that and write off every other thing related or unrelated after that yeah and that's one thing that i did want to point out when i was talking about not throwing the baby out with the bathwater because there have certainly been accusations against sue peters um that he has controlled opposition and things like that and i have seen that uh question or speculation or whatever you want to call it hurled at almost everybody who's in the, the freedom community who, or the, the medical liberty community or whatever, who are kind of prominent in the movement. And so I have just tried to take what information from them that I could, that I thought was, you know, that made sense to me and just use it like that to avoid being manipulated, to avoid putting my, my faith in, in, you know, regular people as it were. Um, so I think that that is, but uh, I apologize. I just got myself tangled up. The other thing I was going to say about Sue Peters though, is that is one of the things I had seen some people trying to point out that he's controlled op or that a controlled op may do, which is put a couple of little errors in there that could, that somebody could run with and say, Oh, look, this is all, this is all crazy. Um, I'm not saying that that is what happened, but just, you know, food for thought in that regard i think we have to bear in mind with these independent media people that you know they just haven't got the resources of like cnn you know i mean lord knows cnn is full of false stuff anyway but yeah they've got the potential with their staff of checking everything and making sure everything's correct you know oh, we know yeah, they if, don't do that but they could yeah, do if they wanted to yes if but there's something media they... people haven't got the resources to do that yeah and it's one of those things where if there's something that they want to debunk they'll put three weeks of, of 24 seven media and millions of dollars yeah. behind it. That's, that's yeah. a great point too. And the other thing is that even if everything were totally true on the up and up, it, it doesn't matter because people are taking their, um, their direction on how to act and what to think based on what they see on the mainstream. If it's mainstream, and it's telling me to think a certain way, then I'm going to do it. It does not matter how factual it is. And um, Cyprian, formerly Vin Armani, is calling where we're at right now the dim age, right? So it's the dark ages, but with technology. And then the other thing is that, um, oh, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Somebody else. It happens. <laughs> well, I'll just say um, in regards to that, um, I'm retarded, but here's what I know. My rights aren't up for debate or vote. Um, and God bless the Second Amendment. Yes, sir. Oh, yes. You're not, and I did you're remember. Not retarded. So Ben Shapiro says <laughs> Ben Shapiro says that facts don't care about your feelings. However, Cyprian says feelings don't care about your facts. And that he, he has to be right. He is the one that is correct in this scenario, because if, if you don't believe that, then you have not been paying attention for the last almost three years. I will push back on that. Getting back to, I, there's something to, there's a new, another episode on this one. The NBCs, it's not fact to them. Uh, the, the fact to the NBCs is, is inflation is made by Putin. And uh, <laughs> COVID, COVID is a, a really scary air virus. I mean, it, yeah. it's 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 not about rational, logical thinking. It's about right. The guy in the lab coat told me so. It's because it's a cult. 
I, I'm with Pete Quinones on this, and he says, you know, your facts and charts, much as I love them myself, they're just not going to do it with these people. They're not going to no. persuade them. I don't know what is going to persuade them. I, I don't know if we just have to give up on them. They, yeah. they just seem unpersuadable. Well, it's just I had someone, it was on like a vaguely, you know, cooties related um, post on Facebook a while back ago. And someone replied and they were like, you know why I know that all these things don't work? Because all the people pushing them are just doctors that are going to get monetary gain. And it's like, oh, you mean like all the doctors that are currently under threat of losing everything that they've worked for their entire lives while Fauci and his minions get multi-million dollar bonuses that he doesn't even have to disclose to anyone. He's not right, the highest paid government employee, for goodness yeah. sake. I mean, does that not mean anything to these people? And his government it's, salary is nuggets compared to what he's getting from yeah. affiliate, let's just call it affiliate marketing. Right, It's regulatory forms. capture. It's it's regulatory capture. So mm -hmm. so you 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 have to have this doctorate to become a doctor. You have to have this PhD, MI, whatever the fuck letters you want to put on it. You have to appeal to this authority to be to stay a doctor. So you will appeal to this authority because your hundred thousand dollars a year that you paid eight hundred thousand dollars to get is secure. So you you have to take the company line. You you chose the company, so you will take the company line yeah else? that's all it is yeah that's very true uh, yeah. uh, sorry I, I, one thing i wanted to say about the covid thing that surprised me a lot and it probably surprised you guys as well was how quickly they were able to sort of get this total capture of of everything of the whole world and get them all everything in lockstep and get the majority of the population going along with it that was really shocking to me. I would you say know. that they already had the population and they just flipped the switch. They already had us. That's what it, it seemed like. It did yeah. feel like an activation. I mean, it really yeah, they did. already they already had it all in place. There's no there's no such thing as as self-sufficient uh yeoman farmers as Jefferson wanted us to be. We're all uh relying on the long dick of uncle sam the system so. yep and, and once they had all the 4g up that's all they needed to be able to hit that switch yeah and now with the 5g god only knows um that is certainly an element of it that we haven't discussed is some people are concerned about the 5g and the potential um you know nanoparticles that they're using in the shots and all that stuff and what effect that they that that may have on us. Um, one thing I did want to ask Terry, I think we're coming um, up on the end of our podcast here, but I wanted to ask about what you had seen about the, the unvaccinated showing signs of having mRNA or, um, you know, the shedding of the spike protein, that kind of thing. It's definitely a thing. And, and that was talked about in the Pfizer trial documents that they were uh, asking people to look out. For example, if you had sex with your wife and she had contact with someone else, that was supposed to be uh, an alertable sort of contact. I mean, Lord knows how that was gonna happen because you know they were never gonna, that was never gonna happen in practice. You're never gonna say to your wife, oh, you better tell anyone you're working with, you know, that I've in, been in this trial. 
so that was that was definitely a thing and i think there's been some recent research that actually shows that that is actually happening rna particles have been detected in breast milk rna particles have now i think been detected in people who are like just working with somebody who's vaccinated so you know it's a it's a real thing and uh i've got a uh personal story about that um we had a visit over here from uh people from the uk i think they just got vaccinated in order to travel and fiona had a very bad reaction uh from having contact with them uh and uh we think it can only come from the fact that they were vaccinated recently what so were her symptoms I think, I think it's a real thing well uh you know she's got ms so she's had she's got some weakness on her on her right side but uh she had some problems on her left side for the first time in her life uh and she was actually having to go to bed and sort of you know um rest while it was while she recovered uh and we can only think that came from the fact mm -hmm. that we, we had contact with these people who were recently vaccinated right yeah so that... i think it's a real thing for sure. Um, I, I'm definitely concerned about it on one hand. On the other hand, I kind of feel like, okay, <laughs> what am I going to do? Like, I'm already, I've already been exposed to it. I've already been in contact with a ton of people that are, are not vaccinated, whatever. So I am just going to try to, you know, use the sauna, do what I, you know, do what I can do and go about my life. And I'm like, if that is just, if that's what, if that is how I end because of being exposed to somebody's mRNA, then, then that's just it. What do you want me to do about it? Like I, I exist on this planet with these people. Like I can't just yeah, I, I lock myself away. A problem for like maybe a month after you're vaccinated, a, a, a bad problem. You know, it probably goes on. People don't, that's, that's the other thing that's annoying about this. Nobody's done the research and so nobody knows how long these virus, uh, these RNA particles are produced in your body you know, and, and it probably varies from person to person because everyone's different. You know, it's not uh, a vaccine that's giving you a dose of something. It's a vaccine that's making your body produce these things. And how much it's being produced depends on your, your biochemistry, which is different from person to person. So nobody's done this research, obviously, you know, as usual. So nobody knows. But probably I think it's only been a problem for maybe a month or so and and we used to drink uh pine needle tea of course which mm -hmm. we used to talk about um, on the discord channel uh which has got um chemicals in it which can apparently detox uh these um spike proteins uh and I know this is something that uh oh, what's the name um one Judy of these um, Judy Mikovits Judy Mikovits thank you very much you're also very good with the names uh yeah Judy Mikovits is very keen on Yes, I, I have heard that also. Um, so yeah, I think we just got to do what we can do and, um, you know. Well, can I give one one last finishing thought on what you were saying, Ashley, is that that's really all you can do. And my kind of, uh, you know, model in life is the, uh, the serenity prayer. Uh, grant us the serenity of mind to accept that which cannot be changed, courage to change that which can be changed, and wisdom to know the one from the other yeah. and if and once you start living by that everything starts to get a lot easier yep that's a great point um okay so this this is such a fast um 
you know, it's a fast format to go over something that has just been so significant for us. But we have come to the end of our episode for today. And it's possible and maybe even probable that we'll try to revisit this topic at another time where we can touch on some things that we haven't talked about yet. Um, so just before we go over um, our contact information, does anybody else have anything that they want to add to us? Tunes, do you have anything that you wanted to throw in there? I'll happily die under the New Hampshire sky. <laughs> Love it. Right. The Terry, future free state you? of New Hampshire. <laughs> um, I, I am very happy here in my little canary outpost. Wonderful. Okay, Justin, any last thing from you? The serenity prayer was great. Yeah, I think, I think that's the perfect thing to go out on. Okay, great. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to us today. I really appreciate it. Um, we have enjoyed making the show and we really appreciate the people that take the time out of their day to listen to us. And so, um, the other thing that I wanted to do is ask the way, or tell you that if you're interested in supporting us, one way that you can do that is to leave reviews for us, um, particularly on some of the bigger platforms. So Spotify and especially Apple, if you could leave us a nice review and five stars, we would really be grateful for that. Um, it helps us to show up, uh, to more people. And so we would be very grateful for that. The other thing that I wanted to let you know is how to get in touch with us after the show. So we will have show notes that Terry has so graciously done every show note for every episode that we have put out so far. So please check those out. They're funny. They're, they're not super long. They have the links for what we talk about. Um, so shout out to Terry in that regard. Also shout out to our buddy Keel. He does all of our editing for us for these casts, which is not, um, you know, that's not nothing. It's a lot of time that he spends to do that. So thank you very much. You can find us at unionoftheunknowns.com. That has all of our contact info there. You can also email us at unionoftheunknowns at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail, including feedback or a question or hate mail for Justin. We're still trying to get that. That is area code 404-482-3130. Again, 404-482-3130. And I think that's a wrap for today. So thank you all for tuning in and joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Y'all have a great night. So bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Union of the Unknowns. You can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks. 